Welcome to It's Your Hormones, the podcast that delves into how your hormones affect every aspect of your life. I'm Dr. Sahar Rokhead. I've been a doctor for almost 20 years and I'm a GP who's been working with patients with hormonal issues for 10 years. Today's podcast is about getting in tune with your hormones. Let's dive in. Today, we're going to focus on something called cycle syncing. You may not have heard that term before, but it will become apparent as we go through the episode. Have you ever heard the expression that men are from Mars, women are from Venus? Well, this could be true because we do have very different hormonal cycles. Men work on a 24-hour circadian rhythm. Women go through their menstrual cycle, which is normally 26 to 32 days, and it's called the infradian rhythm. And with these cycles come different changes. And what we actually need to do is harness the energy of our natural cycles to be our best selves. In terms of the male hormonal cycle, as I said, this follows the 24-hour circadian rhythm, which is what most of our working days is actually based on. So for men, the peak of their energy is first thing in the morning when testosterone levels are at the highest, and they're generally low by about 5pm, which kind of matches our working day traditionally. So for men, the morning should be the time that they work out, focus on work and meetings, and then later in the day, they could look at more planning and finishing off projects. And for men, they follow a similar pattern every single day. In terms of eating, men should probably eat more proteins and fats in the morning, and then more carbohydrates in the evening. And probably for everyone, we should avoid more sweet things later on in the day. If a man has low testosterone symptoms, it can be tiredness, anxiety and mood issues, low sex drive, low focus and concentration and motivation. And although I do generally work with testosterone replacement therapy, there are ways to boost testosterone naturally, such as increasing protein intake, getting better sleep, taking supplements like zinc and magnesium, vitamin D and B vitamins, An exercise such as weight training is particularly important for men, as is balancing sugars. Now, I've explained a male cycle so that we can also look at how the female cycle differs. So for women having a monthly cycle, we follow the infradian rhythm, which means that our energy and hormones vary week by week throughout our cycle. So for most women, a normal cycle is between 24 days and about 32 days, and anything between this can be classed as normal. We class week one as when you're on your period. Generally at this time, your energy's a bit lower. You probably should be doing slightly more gentler workouts. It's a good time to take stock and plan for the month ahead. Generally, I think a lot of people at the beginning of the month start planning for their month ahead. So we go by April, May and June. But actually, we should probably look at our monthly cycle and do our planning for our month around then. Around week one, we should also look at more nurturing foods and do more yoga and walking and be a bit more gentle on ourselves. So it's more a time of maybe going a bit inward, doing some planning and being a bit more gentle. Now, week two after the period is when the energy starts to rise, and this is due to ovulation. So we get a boost in estrogen around this time, normally peaking around ovulation, which for most women is between day 10 and day 14 of their cycle. Some women are quite aware of ovulation because they get a different discharge or they get a pain on either side where the egg is being released from the ovary. This time of the cycle is your best time for socialising, 
meetings, dating if you're doing that, starting new projects. And in terms of exercise, it's the best time to be doing your high intensity exercise and aerobic exercise. So in week two, go on that date, take a risk with work, do your presentations and go and do that hit class you've been putting off. In week three after ovulation, your progesterone starts to rise. So I call this your implementation week. In week two, you've done all your meetings and started new projects. In week three, you can start finalising and building on these projects. You can start doing more maybe solo work and writing. And you can still socialise, but you might feel it's better to do it on a one-on-one. It's probably the best time for strength training and walking and not as much high-impact cardio as can increase your stress hormones. Week four is the week before your period and your hormone levels are starting to dip at this time. It's a good time for finishing off your projects and as you have lower energy, you could maybe factor in more time for sleep and relaxation and doing more gentle exercise again. You can also eat differently at different stages of your cycle. So week two, which is normally around day five to day 11 when the estrogen starts increasing, it's important to have phytoestrogen foods. These are foods that help you process estrogens better. These are foods like flax seeds, pumpkin seeds, hummus, berries, grains, garlic, sprouts. And also cruciferous vegetables can help balance estrogen. And these are foods such as Brussels sprouts, cabbage, broccoli, cauliflower and kale. Fibre is also important to help build your hormones and get them to start increasing. So that's foods like most vegetables, whole grains, beans, lentils, nuts, seeds, avocados, berries and apples. Antioxidants are also important such as berries, sweet potatoes, carrots, citrus foods, cauliflower, Brussels sprouts and pomegranates. It's really about eating the rainbow of different colours to get enough antioxidants and phytonutrients. Fermented foods are also going to help your gut health and that's going to help you process your hormones better. So include some fermented vegetables and things like kefir, miso, tempeh, sauerkraut and kimchi. In terms of your exercise goals, this is the perfect time to work on your big intentions and try new things. So try a different workout, do a more intensive cardio class or a HIIT workout. It's also normal to have a reduced appetite at this point because the increase of estrogen suppresses your appetite. So you can maximise on that and eat a bit less and also achieve some of your weight goals. The second part of ovulation is normally around day to 14, when oestrogen really peaks now. You will probably still have a reduced appetite. So again, burn more calories by exercise and work on your weight goals. And you're also going to have increased energy and a better mood. So that's better for working out and also socialising. Keep going with your fibre, cruciferous vegetables, but also make sure you're getting enough foods with zinc and magnesium. Foods like turkey, chicken, eggs, avocado, nuts and seeds, whole grains, beans, lentils, yogurt and shellfish. And foods that have increased magnesium are things like hemp seeds, flax seeds, tofu, almonds, quinoa, pumpkin seeds, spinach and dark chocolate so you can treat yourself a bit too. In terms of your exercise goals, there's a surge of luteinizing hormone and this causes testosterone to peak. So you should also have better energy and sex drive. So make the most of this boost in whichever way you feel is appropriate.
The next stage of your cycle is the luteal phase. And this is generally from about day 15 after ovulation until you get your period. So it could be somewhere around day 28 or a little bit longer. After ovulation, the progesterone starts increasing from a structure called the corpus luteum, which is part of the egg. And this thickens the lining of the womb so a fertilised egg can implant. Of course, if pregnancy doesn't occur, you can still make the most of this increase of progesterone. I call progesterone our happy hormone because it's good for sleep, a calm mood, hair, skin and reducing fluid retention, all things that all women want. If pregnancy does not occur, the corpus luteum starts to break down and then oestrogen and progesterone lower and then you go on to get your period and the whole cycle starts again. Vitamin D is important at this time. You can get vitamin D from some foods such as oily fish, egg yolks and mushrooms, but the main source of vitamin D is sunlight. So if it's winter and you're not going to get enough sunlight, I recommend taking a supplement. Magnesium is also important again at this time of the cycle, as is thiamine, which is also known as B1 and B6. You get vitamin B1 from oats, whole grains, beans, nuts, oranges and sesame seeds and B6 from things like turkey, lentils, fish, potatoes, banana, watermelon and poultry. In terms of your exercise goals, normally the beginning of the luteal phase is accompanied by high energy levels. However, you do generally require about 200 to 300 extra calories a day as your body is preparing for pregnancy. And this is regardless of whether you're pregnant or not. So this is not the time to calorie restrict or carbohydrate restrict. The first part of the luteal phase is good for strenuous cardio workouts and weights and strength building. But the second half is generally better for slower yoga, pilates and walking. So if we're going to look at your energy very roughly, I'd say week one of your cycle when you're on your period is for planning. Week two, when your hormones are starting to raise, often ending in ovulation, is for socialising, brainstorming, networking and creating. Week three, when your progesterone starts to rise and your oestrogen level settles, is more for implementing and completing tasks. And week four, when your hormone levels are starting to dip again and preparing for a period, is for finishing things off, resting and working at a slower pace. Now that's a lot of information and it can sometimes feel a little bit overwhelming. However, I'm giving you this information so that you can harness the natural cycle powers. So instead of working every day on the circadian male rhythm, if you know what's going on with your monthly cycle, you can then plan things accordingly. If I give you an example, if I have a speaking engagement or I'm recording some videos or asked to do a talk, I will generally prefer to do it on week two or three of my cycle when my hormones are at their peak. Of course, this isn't always possible, but wherever possible, I do try and look at things in that way. If I'm going on a new date, I try and do that on week two or three of the cycle also and not when I'm on my period because my hormones aren't as high, so I'm not giving my best. The first thing to do is to get in tune with your cycle. There are loads of great period trackers out there, but I also have one in the show notes of the podcast. You can look at then how these things affect you personally, because of course there's going to be variation for everyone. Like for example, for myself, generally premenstrually, because I've made lots of changes to my diet and lifestyle, such as the ones I've shared with you, 
I can feel okay, but I tend to find I have more of a dip in energy straight after my period finishes. Knowing this can help me schedule things accordingly. I can make sure I'm not doing too many late night social engagements, I'm getting enough sleep so that I have energy to do my work and other commitments that I have. As a general rule, but of course everyone's different, too much cardio during your period and in week one can push up your cortisol. Cortisol is your stress hormone and it causes a lot of inflammation in the system. So if you're pushing yourself when your hormone levels are already low, your cortisol can go up to combat this and this is going to cause inflammation and then this can lead to weight gain and low energy. Often I see women who work out really hard and intensively throughout the whole cycle but still aren't losing weight. When I explain to them that perhaps they shouldn't be doing as intense exercise the whole month through and they can modify their exercise throughout the monthly cycle, they generally find that their weight is better managed. Some women also calorie restrict throughout the whole month and do things like intermittent fasting or follow a quite strict ketogenic diet. Now, for everyone, this doesn't work. Again, because like I explained, in the luteal phase, too few carbohydrates can cause a strain on your blood sugars and the cortisol, causing inflammation again and causing you to gain weight. Not eating enough cruciferous vegetables like broccoli, cauliflower, kale, Brussels sprouts during week two and three of your cycle can cause a buildup of oestrogen and then this can cause weight gain and mood changes as oestrogen again is quite inflammatory and causes you to store fat and it can also affect your mood negatively. And not following the plan during the luteal phase can cause excessive PMS, premenstrual syndrome, and this can cause issues with mood and energy. It can also cause a more painful and heavy period in some cases. When you first start to implement these changes, it can take two or three cycles before you see clear changes. So also be patient with yourself and your body as it takes a while to make adjustments. So if you don't have a monthly cycle because you're in menopause or you're on the pill, you can follow the 24-hour cycle like a man would and follow your energy throughout the day in that way. Or you can also still follow the monthly cycle following the pattern over four weeks like a menstruating woman would. If you are taking hormone replacement therapy, you can do either cycle. And if you take hormone therapy where you have a bleed, you can still follow the cyclical system. This is mainly applicable to women who are having a natural period. But of course, other women can still follow this and try and harness their energy. I see women in menopause who still feel like they have a dip in their energy at a certain point of the month. So this would be a perfect way to eat and exercise according to that also. This whole process is known as cycle syncing. And the more you can sync with your natural cycle and not fight against your hormones, the better you're going to feel in the long run. It can feel a little bit overwhelming, like I've just given you loads of information about what you have to eat, how you've got to exercise, even when you've got to do your meetings and go on dates. So try not to get too overwhelmed. The first thing I would recommend is to choose one area to make changes in. That could be your exercise, that could be the way you eat, or it could be planning your work schedule. Even people who are employed in a job do have some flexibility in the way they work. So you may be able to work from home a little bit more during week one and week four of your cycle. And if you're in control of your diary, you can schedule your important meetings for week two and three. Little changes will actually make a big difference to the way you feel. 
So don't get overwhelmed like I'm giving you a whole load of new things to do, but pick a couple of little things and make changes accordingly. And once you start seeing some benefit and you've got that habit down, go on to the next one. There's going to be more information in the show notes about cycle syncing and other books and resources where you can get more information. I hope you found this helpful and I look forward to speaking again next week. Thanks for tuning in this week to It's Your Hormones. Join me again next week to hear more real life stories about how hormones can affect you and what you can do about it. See you next week. Thank you.